0: Welcome to Live Free Church. We're a church that's passionate about reaching people at all costs. Here you can find all our recent sermons. We are so glad you joined us today. We we'll want people to live free lives ultimately found in Jesus because we believe that free people, free people. Hey, welcome to Live Free Church. My name is Levi. I'm a pastoral apprentice. You probably have seen me around doing worship, preaching. Um, Last week, you heard from Reg, and Reg is another one of our board members you haven't actually met yet, and his passage, um, it was following Acts. We've mapped out Acts a bit, and his was a bit of a standalone passage, so I might dip into his a bit. I don't know, but today we're in Acts 6, verses 8 to 15, and we're talking about Stephen and um, some of his ministry, kind of who he was, and the implications that is for us today, and yeah, we're looking forward to May when we can have our first service and just a little promo. We'd love for you to be there. And you got to tell your friends and family about it, and we have sign-ups for that. And there's information on our social media and our website. But a little bit of history now before we continue, because I feel like sometimes I get lost in what's happening in a book if I don't recap it. And so Pentecost has happened, and that's during um, Passover. And so the Christian church... These Jewish Christians now, it's exploded, there's thousands of um, Jews coming to know Jesus as God, right? This connection now that they can have with God because the Spirit's here. And so there's thousands of people coming to know who Jesus is. Um, And the apostles, who are now going to different regions, they're preaching, they're teaching, and since the church is growing, there's these kind of problems that they can't necessarily be dealing with all of them. Because if you think about it, Colby and I and David were talking about this just a couple of nights ago, about how this gospel message, right, it's brand new. The fact that Jesus is God, that's kind of brand new information and the, the implications behind it people don't really understand. So when the apostles say, we can't deal with these, all these problems, it's not just because they're narcissists and think people need to listen to them. It's because they're trying to get this message out to the rest of the world. And these problems can be taken care of by the church itself, by the people within it. And so they say to the Jewish people, right, go choose seven people um, with good character, faith, the Spirit. And so the Jewish people, out of thousands of them, pick these seven, which I don't know how you distinguish that. That's obviously the Spirit's leading to them. And Stephen who we're kind of talking about, is the most notable, probably the most recognizable one out of them all, right? We're told that Stephen, um, before Acts 6, 8 to 15 is where we are in the verses before, that he's a man full of faith and full of the Spirit, and he has character, and he's the most recognizable. And I just thought it was pretty cool that the church getting organized, the church appointing these people to be Heading up these ministries is a a good example of how our churches need to operate today. And I just thought of coming to Kelowna, really. How when we came to Kelowna, Colby was going around to people, people he loved, people he'd been connected with, people he saw potential in, people who had faith, people with character. And he's saying, I think you would be an amazing person to come to Kelowna with me to come to Kelowna and just step further into what you think God could be calling you to. To step further, maybe you're not, even, you're not a pastor, you don't think you have these skills, you don't necessarily work in ministry, but it doesn't matter, right? Stephen wasn't any of those things, and it's the church's job to encourage people into a place where they're running the ministries and where they're loving people. And Stephen was taking care of the um, Hellenistic widows, which are Greek-speaking widows. And Stephen himself was a Greek-speaking Jew guy, and he just loved people. He's a person of character. And Colby, even in my own life, he pushed me, and he's been mentoring me for some time now, and I've been working with him. and he, he would actually push me many times, you should come do this Immerse program, come work under me, and I would always say no. I was never interested. I didn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to be in ministry. I didn't think that's where I would be, but when he said, I'm going to clone, I think you'd be a person to come with me and to love people and to start this church. And I just, I was ready and willing to step in that moment into a place where God is the center, as Stephen did. And it's kind of a challenge for our lives today if we're making God the center. And we're stepping out, and then when we pick up in the next verses, we're seeing Stephen and kind of some of the ministry he's doing and who he is as a person. And it says in Acts 6, 8 to 15, he says, Now, Stephen, full of grace and power, was performing great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from some members of the freedmen's synagogue, composed of both Cyrenians, Alexandrians, some from Sicilia and Asia. And they began to argue with Stephen. Um, and this freed, the freedmen's synagogue is really, it's literally that. They were freed people, their ancestors or them themselves. They were enslaved to the Romans or maybe a different people group, but they are now leaving that. They found the freedom, and they formed these synagogues because they weren't from the region of Jerusalem, and now they're back in this homeland for the Jews, and they've created a freedman synagogue, and it's kind of interesting because if you know who Paul the Apostle is, probably, also known as Saul from Tarsus, um, he, we know he's from the region of um, Sicilia here, and there's speculation, and there's actually some good evidence that he might have been one of the people arguing with Stephen in this moment, and he's recognizable as one of the people of great faith in our, um, well, in the Bible and in our faith. We kind of look to Paul as this leader, as this guy, but he couldn't potentially stand up to Stephen's faith. He might have been one of the people arguing with him, trying to condemn this guy, and it says, "But they were unable to stand up against his wisdom and the spirit by whom he was speaking." Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We heard him speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God. They stirred up the people, the elders and the scribes. So they came, seized him, and took him to the Sanhedrin. And we've seen the Sanhedrin before. The disciples and Jesus, they've been before the Sanhedrin, this this high council, the high Jewish council. They have law that they can keep. They can punish people. Um, And yeah, they're really there to... Make sure the Jewish customs and traditions are being followed and kept by the people. says they also presented false witnesses who said, This man never stopped speaking against this holy place and the law. For we heard him saying that this Jesus in Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. And all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at him and saw that his face was like the face of an angel. I want you to know this about Stephen. Because I think it's true about you as well. Stephen wasn't an apostle. But he's performing miracles and signs among the people. He's literally potentially healing people. We don't know what those necessarily were. He's not a trained teacher or preacher, yet he's in the synagogues teaching people, loving people, telling them about Jesus. He's not a deacon or an elder, and the ministry is just getting Organized, Yet he's the person in charge of that. Really, you are more like Stephen than you could ever know. I am more like Stephen than I could ever know. He's just some guy with good character who had faith, who had the spirit. He's full of grace. He's full of power. And he's putting his life around who Jesus was and what he preached. And it's interesting because Stephen... You know how Bible, I've said this before, it runs in parallels, right? Stephen is, he might have heard the story of Jesus and Jesus' is preaching and he literally put his life lined up against who Jesus was. The exact same things that Jesus was put on the cross for are what these people are bringing against him, that he's speaking against Moses and God and the law and the temple. Jesus was accused of all those things, that he's blaspheming them that he's speaking these untrue words and they brought false witnesses just as jesus and i wonder if stephen so radically just put his life and trust into who this person of jesus was and lived it just specifically as jesus did and He's finding himself in these same scenarios, but he's so centered on God, and it says he's speaking by a spirit that no one could attest, no one could stand up to the wisdom that Stephen spoke by, and we still have that spirit today, and that's the spirit resides in us, and we talk about this spirit all the time, and I feel like we just don't get it, because we live in this North American culture where spiritual stuff is weird, and we think of maybe gems, and we think of rocks, and we think of these different, maybe Buddha, or different gods, and we just think spirit is whatever we can't imagine, whatever we can't see. And we speak by these different spirits, even for myself when I, I remember when I was 16, 17, I was working at camp, and I was the worship coordinator there, but I would speak by the spirit of resentment, and the spirit of justification and contempt towards this ministry. And I let these things control me, and I let my own wisdom and my own thoughts just pour out of me. And it was not life-giving, I'll tell you that much. People regularly would probably disregard me because of the things I would say, because I wasn't walking in faith, and I wasn't walking in the spirit and looking for His wisdom. But Stephen has so centered his life around the fact that the Spirit of God is what God wants us to be speaking through. And I love how it lays out almost these steps for us, a different kind of view of what faith needs to look like because when we first meet Stephen, it says he's full of faith and the Spirit, right? Faith is the first step. Faith is hard. I get that. Most people get that. That faith in something you can't see Feel maybe feels depressing sometimes or feels ridiculous, feels useless. But he had faith that Jesus was God. He had faith that when Jesus said, the Spirit is coming and he will intercede for you with God. When Stephen preached the same message that when Jesus said, I will tear this temple down and raise it up in three days, Stephen is still preaching that Jesus will destroy these customs. Jesus has already done it. We have already made right with God. We can already have connection with God. Because God wants to love His creation, to be with His beloved children. But Stephen understands that's going to take a while. The customs are going to take a while. And I think we still sometimes are caught up in these customs. But Stephen had faith. And in that faith, he's full of the Spirit. Because he has faith that the Spirit is true, the Spirit is real, and that the Spirit of God is in us and moving us. And I love this next one. And he's full of grace. It says he's full of grace. And without the Spirit, Stephen could not be full of grace. Stephen could not love people the way that God intends us to. Stephen could not preach and teach people because he's speaking by his own power, his own wisdom. And that grace is so representative because God gave us grace. So when we have the Spirit, we're going to give grace. We're going to have grace because we understand God's grace. And after the grace, Stephen has power. Stephen has the power of God in his life. He's faithful. He's faithful. He has faith to believe in Jesus and who he was. Do you believe that Jesus was God? Do you believe that Jesus was real? Some of us maybe read the Bible as a story. This is truth. This is a worldview. This is how we connect with God, how we connect with others. He has faith in who Jesus was. And then the spirit and the spirit's moving and that spirit can move in us. We're not talking by our own spirits, our own gods, our own possessions, our own worth. We're not defined by that, but we're defined by a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of power. And out of that spirit, because he understood, Stephen understood, he's received so much grace. He is pouring out grace. He's a person of character integrity he's visibly different than those around him he's loving people preaching teaching telling people and he's not anything special he's just a new convert we don't actually know how long he was a christian was a person who believed in jesus because at passover the the early church it grew by thousands right stephen could have been one of those people Maybe it's been weeks. Maybe it's months. We don't know. He could have young faith, but he knows he's got the grace of God now in his life where he can be connected with God, and God wants us in this spot. God wants us in the spot where we're so centered around him and his grace and his, like having faith in him and his spirit and leading our lives with the spirit that we can accept God's power. We're not going to have that power unless we're living in the grace of God. And Stephen had that power. He had that wisdom because he's putting his life centered on who Jesus was. And God's giving him that power to stand up to these people who can't comprehend his wisdom. And God's not going to give us that power when we're using it for ourselves or we're looking to gain our own influence. But Stephen spoke out of this power. And it's Martin Luther, actually, who talks about this spiritual practice that I was, um, I had to do for an assignment, but now I do it in general, okay? And it talks about seeing the image of God, the glory of God, in every Christian and believer that you meet. And I think you could actually go a little bit broader. I think it could be people in general. I think you could see the image of God, the glory of God, in each person you meet, and you're looking for that and that can be encouragement to you, but then I kind of revert that and look at my own life and how my faith, am I filled with the Spirit? Do I have grace in my living for God's power? Am I someone reflecting that to people around me? Am I someone who, if someone looks at me, they can see the image of God, that they can see a Spirit-led life, that they can see that God's glory lives in me? Stephen was reflecting that In your own life, I don't know if you necessarily think about that or if you see the glory of God in people or you think maybe I am reflecting who God is. But this is spiritual practice here of God wants his power to be shining through us. God wants his power to be evident in us. And Stephen, when he's now brought before these people and he's living in faith, And he's brought before the Sanhedrin and the people speaking against him. And I love this word that they use. It says they were staring or looked intently at him. It wasn't necessarily a glance. They didn't just look. You know, it wasn't like when you're at the gym or something. Or like I know when I go to the gym, there's just mirrors everywhere. It wasn't like the awkward glance where you're just looking around in mirrors and make eye contact. They intently were staring at him looking at his face, dissecting what he looked like. And he was like that of a face of an angel. He's showing the glory of God in that moment. And it makes me wonder if Stephen even knew that he looked like that in that moment. And I don't know what the face of an angel looks like. Maybe he had this peace that overcame him that was unexplainable. Maybe he was literally shining like the face of an I don't know, maybe angels shine. Maybe he had so much composure, maybe he was filled with joy. I don't know what he looked like in that moment. I just wonder if he even knew in that moment that he looked like an angel. And that is the power of God in a life. The fact that God can use you and I to make ourselves known to people the glory of God. The fact that God can shine through us and we might not even know it. We might not even be looking for it necessarily. But when we're centered around God, God's going to use us. There's this, uh, f- these friends that came to Salmon Arm when my wife and I lived there. And no, they only lived there for like five months. It was like a, such a short stint of time, right? But we hung out with them for a couple months. And the impact they had in our lives, I don't think they'll ever know. I don't think they'll ever realize our conversations and our hanging out and talking about the future and talking about God actually impacted us to move to Kelowna today. We had the same interests. They shone the glory of God into our life. Their faith shone and it made us encouraged and want us to pursue God further and to come to Kelowna and to live a different life. And they probably weren't even aware of it and you might not be aware of the people you impact every day the words you say how you love people but god wants to use you in that way when you're living centered with faith with the spirit and grace you're going to accept god's power and his power is going to come through you and it's going to be for those around you and sometimes it's for you yourself and my wife and i we were just talking about how like were they angels? I don't know. Like, we only knew them for like essentially two months, and then they're gone. But our whole life seems changed in the conversations we had, in the connection we built, because they didn't maybe even recognize how they influenced us to be here in Kelowna, how they influenced even myself to go into ministry and to recognize my passion there, how they influenced my wife to start up her business and to pursue it And to be here in Kelowna and just trusting that we're going to be okay and centering our lives on God. You don't know who's around you, who you're shining God to, who you're showing God to. Your face might be like, that of an angel to those around. You You might not even know. But you can live your life centered on God, knowing he's got you, even if you're in depression, anxiety. You're coming up to strife like Stephen was. Because what's incredible about this passage is when they're intently looking at him. They're looking at his face. It's like that of an angel. And these these high leaders and priests um, of the temples, there's no way that they didn't look at Stephen. And think back to Moses, when Moses saw the backside of God's head and was filled with glory, saw the glory of God, and his face literally shone. Moses' face literally shone that he had to cover it so that people weren't necessarily blinded when they would look at him. There's no way that they didn't make this connection. There's no way that they didn't think back and say, man, this person is for real. The person that we're saying he's blaspheming Moses and God, but God's saying, no, look at the history here. He's actually more so like Moses than you'll ever be. And God is still going to show his glory through you if you're in times of depression, anxiety, when you aren't okay in life, maybe you're under pressure. If you're there and you're centered on God and you're trusting in the Spirit's work and you have grace for people, God's power is there. There's nothing taking that power. God wants to use you. He wants to come through you even if you don't know it. And it makes me want to think and ask you this week, what are you going to speak by? What spirit are you going to speak by? What gods are you going to follow? Is it your possessions? Are you going to speak through envy, maybe rage, religiosity? That the spirit we speak by matters. Are you speaking through the Spirit of God, following after God's power? Are you speaking and then recognizing the grace that you've been given through God? And because of that grace, you're then looking for the power or you're allowing yourself to be used by God to those around you. You don't have to know all the words. You don't have to know what to do. You don't have to necessarily know the person because you know that God has power. You know that he can be used through you and you're centered on that. That's what you're living for. Are you seeing the glory of God out of others this week? Are you reflecting that? And I just pray that we know that Stephen wasn't this significant person. He wasn't this significant man. But he was used in such a significant way that he is almost the catalyst for the early church. The explosion of it. And we're going to look at that further in Acts. And so I just want to pray today that we'll know God's power, that we'll know our faith in the Spirit, and we'll know grace, and that we'll live into that, and that we'll see people, and we'll see God's image and His glory, and that people will see that in us. Let's pray. God, we thank You so much that despite our weakness, when we put ourselves into places where we're full of faith and we're looking for Your Spirit to speak through us in wisdom, that you can show yourself to people around us. It's not us, God, that even if we don't know who we're impacting, we know that your power can be in our life, that we can stand firm in you, and that you've got us. You're going to say, this is my creation, my child. Just like Stephen and how these high rulers probably attributed that to Moses, you're going to go back and you're going to say, no, I got you. I'm going to show myself through you. And we can live into that and speak through your spirit because it has power. Nothing we say has power. Nothing we do, nothing we think, not our own wisdom, but just your wisdom, God, and your spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening today. Please subscribe to our podcast. Share with your friends. We would love for you to join our movement. All you have to do is go to livefree.church to join us.